Hello and welcome to Potlucky, a weed sommelier podcast. My name is Liz and I am your host and weed sommelier. I review weed products, recommend things to munch on, and talk to guests about their history with cannabis. I've been a consumer for nine years and I am located in southern Maine, where it is legal medically and recreationally. I am joined today by one heck of a guest. I met Sable Hayes at what I consider a weed convention. It may have been a weed social um, but welcome to the show, Sable. Why don't you tell people what you do? Hey, Liz. Uh, I'm Sable. Um, I've been a glass blower for 20 years, and uh, I make pipes and cups and ornaments. And uh, yeah, I live here in Southern Maine, too. I love it very much. There's a huge community here of glass blowers, so it feels very home here. I agree. I actually got to meet uh, one of my not idols I'm not gonna say it I, I feel like she's listening but hi Katie Littlefield I was so like oh, yeah. the Katie Littlefield I was so excited <laughs> to meet her she in the show's mythology she she was supposed to be you know guest number one and we're in season six right now so <laughs> eventually she's gonna come on the show and it'll be a grand like we'll have to make it a really special event to celebrate the Katie Littlefield coming <laughs> on the pod oh I love that I hope she does me too. I just dipped one fully one half of my headphones into a big cup of water. So we'll see if that earbud works later. Um, but for now, how long have you been a weed consumer? And do you have any weedy credentials you'd like to share with us? Um, how long have I So I don't know if this is an inappropriate story, but um, I've been a weed smoker since I was 11. Uh, I actually stole a tiny little bit of weed from my dad and I knew where my mom had this crappy weird little wooden pipe like hidden and I hid it in a barbie car underneath my bed for like six months and I tried to convince like my friends to smoke with me and they all were like horrified and no one would smoke with me so the first time I smoked weed I was by myself the first probably like five to ten times I smoked weed I was by myself because everyone thought I was like going to hell and uh so that's that. And, um, you know, I've definitely done a lot of weed work, just working in grows and going places and traveling. And, you know, I was definitely like on a on murder mountain during the time of that, all those murders, trimming away, like in a tent, like not really realizing what I was surrounded by. So that always makes me feel a little bit weird when I think back on it. But also just making pipes every day. I mean, I literally make vessels to consume marijuana almost on a daily basis. So I feel like that's got to be a, a credit towards something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, for those that aren't familiar with Murder Mountain, would you mind giving like a brief bio? Oh, of so yeah. So, I mean, so for years and years, you know, outdoor has been grown in like the Pacific Northwest and over time it has become you know you know as things do when people make money off an illegal substance it becomes more and more you know unsavory humans you might say have get into the practice and people were going missing up there a lot of people were being murdered so you know trimmers would murder our owners would own owners would murder trimmers so they wouldn't have to pay them and stuff like that people would just go missing so they made this documentary on hulu like all about it and when i watched it i realized that like the time frame where a lot of the stuff was happening was like why i was there and it was like a little horrifying 
I can imagine you sitting on the couch, like, wait a minute, pause, and like you pause, <laughs> and like, someone Whoa. giving a report, and it's you in the background, like smoking a doobie. You know, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> yeah, but I never got murdered. I remember asking my girlfriend that I was. She had brought me out there. I was like, because it was really beautiful there, and I was like, why don't we like go for a walk? It's so gorgeous. She's like, do you want to get shot? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Another time. I was with a couple friends that were from the East Coast, so we all were kind of naive, and we stopped along the side of the road, and there was this beautiful, like, river, and we were like, oh, let's walk down to this river. And the three of us walked down to this river, all of a sudden, like, shepherds and a Rottweiler, out of nowhere, see us from the other side of the river and just start swimming towards us through, like, this fast-moving river, and we were like, we should probably go now. <laughs> Like, oh my goodness, where are we at right now? Yeah. So, so did you guys like hightail it back to the car? Oh, just... yeah. As soon as they started swimming towards us, we all were like, yep. Because <laughs> we had to go like up this embankment to get cars. So we were just like scrambling back up to the car, like, holy crap, like maybe we should not be exploring here. Yeah, when cannabis was still illicit, I imagine there was a lot of cardio involved in going to take a smoke. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. People now that, like, post, like, pictures, like, dab videos and stuff, I'm like, I remember being, like, you know, high, like, literally crouching down in a ball, like, behind walls to, like, smoke weed, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I do. I, there's only two pictures that exist of me as far as I'm aware, like with a pipe in my mouth. And I kept that intentional because I'm like, okay, this picture doesn't really work unless it's me holding it. But yeah, yeah like, man, I could not imagine going for like an interview and they're like, oh, we found your Instagram. But I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm involved in the cannabis world. So uh, maybe it'll be more like, oh, we found your Instagram and I could get, <laughs> you know, some brownie points out of it. <laughs> All right. Would you like to know about this week's weed product? I would love to. I would also like to know more about this week's weed product. I picked it up in a bag from uh, Independent Diamond Growers. They have uh, networking events. They're having one tomorrow. Not that, you know, this will air in time in Scarborough um, okay. from two to four, oh, but I recommend I recommend to you to check that out. Um, okay. Listeners, we have one generally the first Saturday or Thursday of the uh, month. Um, anyway, so uh, we it's a it's a bag. You pay twenty five dollars, and a bunch of vendors will put things in the bag for you, um, so you can sample their product. Oh, that's cool. It is very cool. So this is the Aquanaut Organics vape cart. I do not know anything else about this product, uh, and we'll figure out how I feel about it later uh, during Puff Pass peer review. Cool. Right. Uh, let's talk about the munchie moment for the week. What do you like to snack on when you have the munchies? Oh, well, I'm a big salty fan, so I definitely, like, love making my own popcorn. Uh, my roommate makes and bakes his own bread, so I eat a lot of, like, grilled bread and grilled cheeses and pretty much anything, like, salty and crunchy, I will be about that. I wonder if your roommate can learn how to make pretzels, because I feel like that's <sighs> a sweet spot of salty and also... <laughs> That yeah. is what he needs to do. Yeah. On the topic of bread, my recommended munch this week is a buttered croissant that you put in the microwave Ooh. for about 15 seconds. Oh, I like the sounds of that. 
Yeah, I have issues eating things like texturally or just something that's really off-putting about some foods. And so a safe food for me lately has been butter croissants. I recommend oh. popping these bad... I don't know if you could do it in the oven or like a toaster oven. That might be even better and like toast a little, but... uh. Yeah. I I saw someone toast a freaking like cut a muffin in half and then toasted it and then buttered it. Ooh, that sounds yeah. a little bit too much for me. Maybe if I have <laughs> like half. Um, but yeah, I recommend putting blackberry jam on it or cutting it Ooh. like not even cutting it in half, just putting the jam on top and folding it like a taco. Um, yeah, like that. Uh, love- and that is my recommended munch for the week. I love that. All right. Uh, you know what else I love? What? Uh, cannabis are you ready to do some weed yes all right let's do it my name is liz lane and i suffer from a chronic illness i spend most of my time focusing on taking care of myself in pain management however there are certain things i just can't do for myself that make a huge difference when it comes to my quality of life I've been working with my massage therapist, Kayla, at Ascension Massage since she was a student. Kayla and I have developed a trust that allows me to relax and her to accomplish bodywork that leaves me feeling like my pain no longer consumes me constantly. Massage therapy has given me part of my life back that I thought was gone for good. Kayla and her mother, Carrie, are accepting clients seven days a week in Kennebunk. Reach out to them at ascensionmassagemain.com and they'll be in touch. We are back. Sable has a weed word that she would like to share with us. If you or a friend have a word that you think deserves airtime, leave us a message on Anchor. Make sure to include your name, a definition, and its use in a sentence. I guarantee you, if you do this, it will be on the show pending absolute foulness. Take it away, Sable. (laughs) Okay, so, you know, when my homie came up with this, you know, when you want to get a little extra stony baloney, we do HJs, which are just hash joints where you make a nice, like, flat bed on your paper and then you just put a little line of hash right through the center and you can kind of taco the herb around it so you want the herb to completely surround the hash so it will burn nice and smooth and not get like stuck on the paper but it's always just fun to look at your homie at work and just be like hj like you want to take it to the next level (laughs) like are we doing this (laughs) so hj is my word of weed word of the day and did you already use it in a sentence for us? Mm, um, I would say, hey, Kelly, do you want me to roll us an HJ or what? <laughs> yes, please. That sounds very good. And I think a lot of stoner slang comes out of like having to be discreet about things and also being stoned at the time and being very silly about it. <laughs> and that's a shout out to my girl, Kelly, hot mess glass, because she works. We work together. So that's who I'd be normally saying that sentence to. <laughs> wonderful i am going to talk a little bit about this vape cart i like i said i picked this up and i didn't really get to interact with the uh, grower and whatnot and it occurs to me now there might actually be a pamphlet in my bag um so i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt perhaps there is more information i just didn't oh i didn't i didn't hang on to it It's, it's in a bag somewhere in my house but it's not in front of me unfortunately um, so this vape cart is, I, I, it definitely has its pluses and minuses. I was initially pretty bummed out that there wasn't more to go off of. It just has, you know, Aquanaut, 
it's organics and it's kind of hard to read the whole name because it's wrapped around a tube mm. um and i have another uh like a, a small nug container that's glass with a little like a, a lid that has uh the the same exact sticker they used for the top of that jar and for this uh container um and i think it almost works i think that was a good idea like saving money wise but it makes it yeah. a lot harder to read the name of the dispensary um and I, I don't know. I think the clear sticker is working in their favor here. You can see the product more, but your logo is kind of twisted. And so it's not as easy to identify. Um, I am going to well, talk a little. There's definitely room for improvement. Um, the mouthpiece is comfortable. It doesn't say if this is rosin or resin, if it's solvent or solventless. I'm always in need of more information. More information is better than too little information. Um this is like a likely a ceramic mouthpiece. I'll try to post a picture for the Instagram. Um, my biggest takeaway though is I kind of, if it weren't taboo to do this, I'd kind of want to bring it into my salon and say, like, hey, can you match this color? Like this is <laughs> this is what I want to look like. Um and so they have that going for them. It's a lovely, like amber honey blonde. Mm. Um, it's just a really enticing color. Um, as for the flavor notes, very earthy. I'm getting rosin or resin type vibes. I'm not kind of sure what kind of so I'm not quite sure what kind of sauce this is, but um, very lemony um, with coffee notes kind of towards the end. But that may be me burning the uh, the concentrate. I will say that visually, what brought to mind after a couple inhales, like flavor wise. It was almost as if someone had taken a lemon and dried it out and mm. then turned it into a straw and then I inhaled air through it. That sounds lovely. Honestly, why don't we do that? I mean, there, <laughs> there are straws that people sell that are made out of pasta and I generally really enjoy those because I love eating, you know, half raw pasta. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen those yet. I need to find those in my life. I don't know where I was. I want to say probably at a vegan restaurant. And I'm like, oh, yeah. my straw seems like I can take a bite. Oh, this is pasta. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, and I'm not generally one for my straws, but I don't know. Maybe I'll ask for an extra straw. And that way I can take it like a really, really big sip and then like crunch. <laughs> um, so in, in regards to this product, it makes me feel really good. My leg muscles feel really relaxed. Um, and it's a snow day and I'm looking out the window and this feels like a really good hanging out inside kind of low groovy vibing nowhere to be nothing to do kind of vape cart yeah uh, i am going to give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that there's paperwork elsewhere that i i just haven't laid eyes on um and so this is going to get like a five on the scale of like i don't know usefulness to a consumer this is excellent for like the this is perfectly suitable for the event that I would have gotten this from, but I had COVID, so I couldn't go. Mm. Um, so they brought it back for me. And this was this is a really good sample for somebody that already knows about cannabis. Um, but if I were a medical consumer and I didn't have a background in a weed podcast and write for a weed magazine, I would have much more questions. Yeah. So what are you smoking on, Sable? Um, I'm smoking on some banana pie, actually, grown by uh, some friends of mine sandwich time. It's very, I was just smelling it while you were describing yours because I was like, how would I describe this? It's definitely has a little bit of a floral note, but still fruity. Bag appeal is really nice. It looks really pretty. And it's definitely, a, I would say it's more of like, um, it's not a sleepy high, but I would say it is a heavy high. Like it's not, you don't get, you know, you definitely want to maybe take advantage of this snow day like you're saying and just curl up after you smoke a joint of it 
but it's definitely the taste is really nice on it and the smell is really beautiful wonderful i realized uh two things i did want to mention about this card i feel like it like not having a ton of packaging it's really easy to like recycle this or just reuse it um however there are two pieces of plastic one is the lid that the container um, it's like a piece of silicone almost, like a silk yep. mat when you're cooking, that kind of texture. Mm -hmm. So it covers the top of the container, and it also, there's another one that covers, like, the coil at the bottom of the vape cart. And I'm wondering how much of this is necessary plastic versus, like, yeah. aesthetic plastic or something that, I don't know, is there for a specific reason, but maybe could be replaced with something else because it's only there for a little bit. Um, those are my final thoughts, but that sounds really good, Sable. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the the packaging is really out of control. Like single use uh pre rolls that are in plastic are like the like my biggest pet peeve in this world. I think right now, or at least in the weed world, because it's like you know half the time pre rolls aren't even that good, and then it's like now there's this piece of plastic that exists forever for like you know like dusty old pre rolls. You know it just it's. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I have a big, like people that have listened to this podcast before will know I have a big bag in my closet of all of the uh, like oh. weed packaging I have. And once it gets like too full and I have to start a second bag, I think I'm going to go through and, well, I'm going to thank all the people that gave me the weed, obviously, but I'm also oh, going yes. to ask, okay, how are you going to handle this plastic? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. It's too much. It's like, I mean, cigarettes, for God's sakes, come in paper. Like, why? can't they also come and just and i've seen some companies do the paper tube and i love it and i hope that like it snowballs and more and more people do it i agree i i, I actually just wrote an article about people that are like professional joint rollers that's their bread and butter is joints 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 yeah um and they said that the cardboard tubes dry up the joint more so the smoking okay. experience is less pleasant however i could see that totally yeah. If there is a demand for a product, like take gluten-free foods, it became yep. a fad. But once there became a demand for it, we now have so many more options. Totally. Yeah. Um, we are going to take a quick smoke break to account for Zoom's freaking time limit. Uh, we will be right back. We are back. I... Yeah have a glass blower and so i'm gonna ask you questions about glass but first i gotta ask you questions about weed perfect sable what was your first experience with weed um did we already do this am i are we oh that's right you know what we absolutely <laughs> did already talk about this i completely <laughs> forgot because i don't know how you forgot because you were 11 fucking years old so no, it's like a little embarrassing but like that is what happened <laughs> You know, uh, people like, it's sad, but like children will become children alcoholics and people think that's funny because like, oh, giving a baby alcohol is a silly thing for some people. But, I know it's weird. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm not going to judge you for your experiences. You don't, I mean, you did get to choose because it was, I mean, you were trying to convince other people to do it with you, Sable. <laughs> I was really, I was like, just one of one of my girlfriends and nobody would. Did anyone ever end up smoking with you, or was that? Oh yeah, I mean, okay. like after about maybe like five, ten times. First, it was like you know my little boyfriend, like not boyfriends, but like male friends, because they were like turning degenerate before my female <laughs> friends. So 
we would do like gravity bongs and stuff. I remember like doing gravity bongs with like some neighborhood boys and being like, finally. (laughs) There are some things I would say that are best outsourced to neighborhood boys, such as, or just neighborhood kids in general, such as like raking your lawn or shoveling your walk. Gravity bong. Yeah, make it a gravity bong to smoke weed with you. Um, man all right uh what does your history of consumption look like you started pretty young i have no idea how old you are uh so 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 i would say you know i didn't smoke all the time until i was maybe like i would say like 16 17 i was smoking weed every day but you know the first few years it was just like an every once in a while thing and now now i definitely still smoke every day but It really depends. Like when I work, I smoke a lot more. I feel like not smoking weed while making like weed smoking devices is really weird sometimes. Like, and it also just helps with my body. There's a lot of like little minutes where you have to wait for stuff to heat up. So like you just like keep a little joint on your bench and you just like hit it a couple times. You know, it's like part of like the ritual. While I was, um, so we went to a, the Pama Lab hosted, I was on a Saturday, like, uh, they, this is their second time they've done this event or third time. Um, so there was a Mario Kart tournament, which felt, uh, <laughs> perfect for a weed event like this. And while I was smoking, I looked over at you from across the room and I'm like, I said to the guy next to me, I wonder if she would light this for me with her torch. And then I'm like, that seems really dangerous, actually. <laughs> oh, I do it all the time. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. When I can't find a lighter, because my the lighter at my bench is just a flint, so I can't light joints with it. So I like constantly will just light my torch to light a joint. Because <laughs> you know your flame is all different flames. It it doesn't always have to be like a rocket ship. Like it can be like a little like hey, this <laughs> <a> little hey. <laughs> I was thinking about like oh I could just catch the end and like just like um. Almost, almost like playing that game where you put your hand into a fan and then pull it down really quickly. That's such a yeah. In retrospect, we did things as children that were quite suspect, but I yeah. like kind of that situation. I'm like, oh, got it, but I probably would have canoed it on myself. Yeah, um, that can happen. Yeah. Do you have a preference for how you consume it? I mostly smoke. I like to eat edibles at home, but I don't really like to eat edibles like out in public because I just get too high. But at home, I definitely, I feel like I'll eat edibles more than I smoke. But I mostly just smoke joints or bongs. I like a Sherlock. Like, I'm, and I don't really do that much oil except for, obviously, HJs. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, like, I'm not, like, a dab queen. I'm not dabbing all the time. It's just, like, too much, like, apparati. Agreed. And it's, like, and it's such a singular thing, like. I am doing this whole process just for my singular dab. It's like smoking to me is about like smoking with people mm-hmm. and like the community that you come off of it. So I feel like dabbing is just, I mean, granted, I will make you a rig, but I don't really use them very often. Talking about your glassworks, um, do you, would you say you have any areas that you specialize in? I make a lot of like bodies and stuff like female forms. So I would say that's like probably what I'm most known for. I do enjoy that too. Sometimes I get in my head about it. Like, oh, 
I should maybe like stop making bodies because a lot of people do make bodies, but I really like making them. So then I still make them. Um, and I also do like um, Encomo montages sometimes, which are Encomo montages. Sorry, I said that weird. It's uh, it's pretty much just when you stack different sections of color to make circles and rings. And I just like it because it kind of has like an art deco vibe. So I'm into that kind of stuff. That I seems, really like seems... colors. I'm into like color pairing and color theory and all that jazz. I noticed your pieces really popped. In one of them, it looked like there was like an opal in there, perhaps. Is yep. that? Oh, really? Was it an opal? It is. The, so they're synthetic opals that people actually grow. There's a guy in Maine, actually, Arcadian Glassworks, Ben, who grows opals and sells opals it's pretty cool but they're not like you can't use a natural opal because there's a lot of water in them so they're not actually compatible there's like a few stones that are compatible synthetic opals you can do like mica like danny camp just did some mica marbles that were cool and um what's it called uh the stuff from the sky that's uh rain snow no. uh it's uh it's a crystal. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I'm it's uh it's green. It's a crystal. It's sand pretty much. Malachite? Not, oh, not malachite. We're so close. Emerald. Oh uh I don't know anymore. Oh, it's not tech well, tectite is one of them too, but I'm not oh my god, I can't think of it right now. But either way, there's a few crystals you can use. And um yeah, so synthetic or synthetic opals are one, and uh, I use them a lot. I think they're pretty cool. My uh, best friend in the whole wide world and twin sibling, Kate Lane, uh, loves opals, and I know Kate hasn't listened to any episodes recently, so I feel okay saying, like, Kate, I'm going to check those opals out for you. Don't worry, I got your back. <laughs> yeah, um, they're cool. Yeah, I so um, when it came to the, the project with the opal, was that a commission or something you uh, planned up? So I'm not sure which one you're meeting in particular, but I normally, so when I make the faces for my bodies, they're like kind of like a moon face a little bit, you know, like very circular and like surrealist. So I like putting an opal like where the third eye would be just because it, it looks radiant, but I use them in other applications too. I've got, I've gotten like crushed opal and made like tubing out of it. I mean, they're just fun. And then when you like a piece too, besides even just the faces sometimes it's nice to just like jazz it up a little bit like if something's looking really good and you're like Ooh, you know what we're gonna set this off and you just put an opal, opal. on it you're like yes <laughs> nice. for me in a situation where i'm like you know what really set this off weed <laughs> <laughs> exactly the one i was referring to and we'll have to put a picture on instagram um it's like a red pregnant form with large with a large bosom and there was an opal right where like the fetus would be and oh, i'm like yeah. damn that's powerful so yes i've made a lot of those for a lot of some women i know and some women i don't know but i've made a lot of those for like pregnant women i've known throughout the years and i just i made one once for my girlfriend who was having twins with two two opals oh. in it i really thought that one was cool um, but yeah, I like to just, I've, I've, I've only made them in pendant form, but I've really wanted to make like a pregnant pipe of some yes. sort, but then I just am like, is there a market for such thing? Like, I'm not sure, but I think that they're, 
is. Are you familiar with like the Rick and Morty pickle Rick type deal? If there's a market for that, there's definitely a market for a pregnant pipe. I know. I feel like no one has made one. I shouldn't even say it out loud because now someone else is going to do it. But trademark, trademark, trademark. There, trademark, trademark, trademark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, three, four, twenty-three. I'm pretty sure. Um. Man, but uh, so where does inspiration come from for you? Um, that's a great question. My mom is a really great artist, and she definitely, I mean, my name is Sable Hayes, and when I was a little girl, she always, she groomed me to be an artist. Like, she always was, like, very, you know, let's draw this jar of peonies three times, and we'll pick out which one's best or whatever, and, like, she just is very good at, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, but our house was beautiful. She made beautiful things from the things around us, you know? So I think that I've carried that into my adult life. And so I just, I am definitely very inspired by like things I see, I, you know, in nature, like I see a lot of things in nature that's not really there, you know, just like when you squint your eyes and you're like, Hey, what's that? So I feel like I see art everywhere I look. So I definitely like glass cause it's a vehicle that I can just like put my creativity in. Cause once I make something, I don't, I love to have beautiful things around me, but I don't really want my own stuff around me. Like <laughs> once I make it, it's like, I don't hold any attachment to it. Like I, the part for me that I like is the making it, you know, and being satisfied at the end which is hard to be satisfied about anything that you make but that's like that's my inspiration is just to like create something that I'm happy with that feels nice and then just to like release it again like I don't you know because I feel like I see inspiration everywhere so it's like I just want to make something and just maybe it will make somebody else feel good or be inspired in some way and like that is definitely the cycle that like keeps me going you know i want you to take that mentality and erase you know people are already making female bodies you know in pregnant forms i don't need to do that and just like yeah. you know what you're seeing art everywhere maybe you could make like this is a really silly idea but like a pregnant pipe but the belly has like a small pipe in it like oh it's pregnant God. with a pipe but <laughs> that's the kind of wacky stuff i'd come up with no i love it that's a really cute idea yeah, I think I think there's a market for that. Um, I do too. Yeah. So, how has your style changed? You know, how you said you've been blowing glass for twenty years, right? Yes, this is my year twenty, which is like, whoa. <laughs> um, I would say, you know, well, like, so twenty years ago, the glass scene was a lot different than it is right now. First of all, so when I was taught, I was taught by a guy who had five children and. When I first started blowing glass, a lot of people would have apprentices, which is not a practice you don't really see very often now. But so it's like at first, you know, he taught me the very basics of glass blowing because if I wasn't making him money, then I was like useless, you know. So I was just doing like wrap and rake spoons, inside out spoons, like simple bubblers, stuff like that. Like I really didn't know how to make any. I couldn't even make like a mushroom marble, but I could make like an inside out bubbler, you know, which is strange because mushroom marbles are usually like the first thing you get taught, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would say like the first, you know, six, seven years, I was definitely 
very sheltered. I would try things, but it was, you know, it's really hard and supplies are really expensive. So I was afraid to waste my time and materials. But then I started to meet more and more glassblowers because more and more glassblowers were like coming around and that really helped. So I would say like, hey, it's okay. I would say my style has changed just because there was just so long where I was just a production only person. So once I got to be, once it got to be like maybe 2009, 2010, when I moved up here, I met a lot more glassblowers and just saw a lot more techniques. So I'd say that's when I first started actually like making art and not just making like production pieces that I was, you know, just kind of like in a mold of almost of the guy who showed me how to do them. And now I would say my work has, so then for a while, I definitely was doing like this kind of whimsical lacy stuff, which I really still like. But I kind of, then I, I don't know, I, something switched and I kind of put that on a shelf. And now I've been more into like this, like surrealistic art deco kind of vibe, like less like whimsical, like fairy bullshit and more like, <laughs> I mean, cause that's kind of what I was doing for a while. It was like whimsical fairy, like, which I still like kind of bring it in every once in a while. Like I'll do like a little bit of webbing like I used to do back in the day, but it's way more like compact because people don't want like wispy shit coming off glass. Like that doesn't feel like solid. So I feel like that was like maybe the first reason I kind of reeled that in, but I also just really like the lines of like art deco and just like smoothness. So I feel like that's what I'm trying to go for now is just like, circular lines and like really like I want it to like fit in your hand well and just feel like solid you know mm -hmm. have you considered offering pieces for, I, I, I went through your Instagram pretty extensively I don't think I hit the bottom but from yeah. what I see you generally make the like the female form you know from the upper thighs up to the neck which yeah. you know is generally the part of the body that like um you know people are how how do I put this delicately? Like <laughs> back in the day, that was the only people considered that the only valuable part, you know. Totally, um, yeah. But have you considered offering? Um, oh my gosh, I don't know how to say this without outing my friend, but <laughs> my my friend Ray has an uneven bosom, so one is like an oh, A yeah. cup, and the other is like a B or a C cup. Have you considered yeah, offering just... bodies that are different? No, you know what? That is a great question. I feel like I need to more they've definitely changed shape over time but they're all definitely like I do them kind of the same for a while and then they change a little bit and then they're all kind of the same for a while do you know what I mean yeah so I do think that you're 100% right that I should do more different shapes it's like I just get into this zone where I'm like looking for this I'm like going for this specific shape in my head. And then I just like keep doing that. But that's not really. I feel like it's kind of boring, though, too, at the same time. So I think that I do make the pregnant girls. I have made like a few like three boobied girls. Hell yeah. But I've I and then I've made a couple like extra gr larger girls, too. But 
I haven't done the uneven boob. I mean, they all are kind of uneven boob because, like, they're sisters, not twins. Yeah, they're the even the ones I make. They're never quite the same, but I should honestly. You're not the only person that has said this to me, so I feel like it's a kind maybe a sign. My, I I had another comment of about like not necessarily just the bosom, but like. I don't know, maybe scars or other kind of things that people might see as imperfections, but you know, someone that's looking, oh, that's me right there. Yeah. And something totally. to connect with, like missing a limb or like you already don't include the legs for the most part. So I wondered how that would work as a pipe, but like, um, is that something you're interested in exploring further in the future? Maybe. Um, the leg thing I haven't done because I uh I make like the butt and hips area a donut. And I do that for a couple different reasons. One, it just looks different, so I like that. But it actually functions. Like, for if it's on a rig or a mini bong or whatever, it makes, like, a water break. And then if it's, like, a dry piece, it makes, like, an ash catch. So that's why I don't really do legs, but I could do legs. I have done, like, legs on small figures before, but not on hollow figures. I am. But, um... <laughs> I'm always down to do customs too. Like if anyone were to ever come to me and want something very specific, like body difference, I would be like elated to do that. I think that just in my own headspace, I get, like I say, into this mode where I'm, I'm going for a specific thing. And I feel like a lot of my work is like me just wanting to make this thing that I want to make. And like, I will Making remake it. it until I feel like it's right where I want it, you know? Mm-hmm. I do. Um, so I'm just wondering, like, while you were talking, you're thinking, like, what if you made a pipe that was just a beautiful gam, like one gorgeous stocking leg? <laughs> no, I've thought about that. I used to make these, like, stove pipe kind of pipes back in the day that I always thought looked like a hip and a leg. And I've I used to call them, like, my sexy leg pipes, even though they weren't, like, designed like a leg they just kind of were shaped like one so everyone would just be like okay <laughs> but I've actually thought about it a lot because of those old pipes I used to make because I'm like that was almost a leg right there but I've never actually done it um growing up uh and by this I mean I think we started calling it in high school and college but uh like the buttery club crackers Kate mm-hmm. and I started calling leggy crackers because they're buttery smooth. Um, <laughs> just like when you shave your leg after a shower and like you lotion it up, and I'm like, yeah, these these legs are like two buttery dolphins jumping through <laughs> a pool of cream or something something silly like that. And my mom also calls them leggy crackers. <laughs> um, let's see. So I noticed something very interesting um, on your your Instagram. It seems like not only do you utilize glass, but you also utilize, um, I guess, some kinds of metal and also plastic Barbie heads. Oh my gosh. So yes. So I am a little 80s baby and I love me Barbie very much. And I don't really know how it started. Like, I'm not really sure like how I came to this realization but I started making like the first one I did was a Barbie that was like my Barbie that I like from a child and I just made her like a glass body and I reattached all of her limbs and her head and I made a few like that I even made one for a girl I knew that had dreadlocks her boyfriend commissioned me she he got a Barbie that vaguely looked like her and I 
made a dreadlocked Barbie with like <laughs> all like put back together, which was ridiculous. And now they've kind of so those first ones I made were kind of just like silly, like non not affiliated with any kind of holiday or anything. But then they kind of have morphed into like this <laughs> holiday thing I do where I make like I don't use the arms and the legs anymore. I just use the heads and I make like I sew Santa hats and then I like make little bodies like usually out of like red or green or do this year I did like icy ones they were like icy blue and I made like the hats blue I'm not I couldn't really tell you it's definitely snowballed and to this now at this point like I get requests for them which is really cool you know how it might have started I remember a long time ago I wanted to make a puppet and I made like a glass puppet like the like like this abstract head with a body and then like arms and legs that were like jointed or whatever and then after that is when I started my eye on Barbie I don't I'm that is when that was when the that happened and I I think I just was like oh Barbie already had the head like I could just like (laughs) I can just make this the puppet so I also just really like playing with dolls I can't (laughs) I really like playing with canva which i consider kind of like paper dolls almost like oh now there's a shirt on this meme um (laughs) um oh so there's not a great segue into this question but what has been your worst glass related injury you know what knock on wood i haven't had that many uh there's been two that stand out and they both happened when i was like very early on one time the first one I can remember I was sitting while blowing glass which I don't normally do now and I had like an inside out spoon on a piece of blow handle but it wasn't attached very well and I was doing the finishing touches on this pipe and it fell off the blow handle like right onto my stomach and I was obviously wearing like a stretchy shirt of some sort and it like melted onto me and that really hurt like it was it was like a it was like a burn about the size of like two golf balls like next to each other. So it was a good size burn and it was like on my tummy. So like every time I went down the stairs, it would like jiggle and I'd be like, Ooh. <gasps> and, and then this other time that was probably the thing that I still am affected by because my finger is still numb from it. But I was, you can score glass and then break it in your hand. And I had scored a piece of glass that was, two pieces of glass connected but not very well so when I scored it and went to snap it it broke at the connection instead of but the scoring line and it cut into my ring finger pretty badly and it's still like a good size scar and like my finger is definitely numb from it but those both happened I mean like 18 years ago you know so Lately, I've been pretty good. I mean, you burn your hands a lot, but it only hurts for the second that you get burned. Like, it's, I always say that it's like, oh, I just got bit. Like, it hurt. It's like, it hurts for that second. And then you keep working. And the end of the day, you forgot that that ever happened. And you see a little spot. You're like, oh, I must have burned myself. I'm not going to lie, Sable. That's incredibly (laughs) badass of you to say. (laughs) Well, because your hands, you know, ask a chef, they'll say the same thing. Like, your hands get. You just lose, like, all, you know, feeling for hotness. I'm just, like, you know, I can definitely grab things out of the oven if it's light, you know, because my fingers are just, like, 
Sable, oh my gosh. I'm like, well, I take stuff out of the kiln at 500 degrees, and that's like the hottest your oven ever goes. With your bare hands? No, not with my bare hands, but like, I'll touch a piece of glass when it's like two or 300 degrees for sure. Okay. All right. Well, I'm less frightened and like, I'm, I'm so impressed. No, um, and it's not, it's not that scary. I, I, people definitely think, you know, I get asked that a lot, like, oh, isn't it scary? And I'm like, it's really not over time. I mean, I was always a big pyro as a kid anyways. Like me and my dad, that was like our thing, like, like go build a fire, you know? So I feel like I'm just very comfortable with fire. It doesn't really frighten me. I'm more scared of like fucking something up at the last minute that I worked all day on, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I can understand when it comes to oh, man. I'm I used to be really good at doing segues, and I've gotten better. But um, when it comes to you know fusing glass to your body and the combination of those two powerful things, are there other artists that you work with and collaborate with? You mentioned oh my gosh, I have her name written down. Oh, oh Kelly. Kelly. Yep. Yeah. So. I work in a shop right now called the Ball Out Shelter, nice. and it it's a uh, there's six of us now. So Dave Beekner is the one who runs the shop, and then so there's Dave, there's Calvin Porridge Glass, there's Bradley who's Skrillinger Glass, Kelly who's Hot Mess Glass, and then Jordan who's Chapel Glass, and myself. So we have like a pretty full shop right now, but it's all the, everybody there is wonderful. I've known, I've known everyone, but I've known Kelly and Jordan the least amount of time, but I've still known them both for quite a while at this point. And every, it's very family vibes. It's really a nice shop. It's people that actually like each other and work together, you know, so that makes it positive and happy. I think that's a wonderful thing to hear. My final question, because we are out of time. Have you seen Blown Away on Netflix? I have. Yes. <laughs> I asked someone the same question while I was at the glass blowing thing. I think you may have been the one to explain to me that it's they it's different oh. kinds of glass that they work yes. with. Okay, mm -hmm. so that was you. But someone else said, oh, I've never seen it. I should check it out. And I was hoping like, well, did, did you check it out? But I haven't gotten her on the show yet. So we'll see. No, I mean, it is a pretty cool show, actually. I, they was a long time, like four or five years ago, I got asked to do this show that I think just never came to fruition, but it was going to be a borosilicate glassblowing competition. And I thought it was going to happen. I signed like all these like non-disclosure documents or whatever they're called. And I was like, oh my God, what have I like signed up for? But then it must have gotten cut because it never actually happened. But I still think that they should do one because it's it's an untapped market of really interesting artists, you know? Well, perhaps that could be the next step in your glassblowing career, uh, contested on a, a glassblowing <laughs> game show of some sort. I know. It's also horrifying because, you know, they can edit you to be anything. So you're like, oh. You're going to edit it to, so it thinks that people think that I think Coolsville sucks. I think Coolsville sucks. That's from a, a Scooby-Doo movie, <laughs> um, which my, my friends and I quote, oh, gosh, what a good movie. Um, unfortunately, that is all the time we have. Where would you like people to find you? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Sable Hayes. And then I'm doing a few events I'd like to plug. Um, so on March 23rd or 25th at the Stone Church, uh, Arcadian Glass, the guy who does the opals in Maine, is doing a huge drop 
of a bunch of different collabs all made with his opals at the stone church and rack is a band they're gonna play it's gonna be really cool and then april 6th uh me and about six or seven other portland artists are doing a show at um oh my gosh brain fart brain fart uh banded brewery called portland pints and that's april 6th and we're going to be doing a demo there and then i'm doing two solo demos around 420 one at ripple wellness on april 15th and one at mac in Wyndham on actual 420 and i'll be blowing glass at all four of those events and uh they should be fun honestly i'm pretty excited oh man i'm putting that in my calendar right now mac they're going to be um contenders on a game show i host i host called uh all your bases covered which is the alphabet game where i go through your dispensary with the help of a bun tender and uh oh, like Aco- cool. a for acapulco kush b for blueberry cake pops c for i don't know carnation instant breakfast edibles i don't know it could happen um no so totally like that. that's cool they have a great little spot i've done demos there before they're nice people I agree. I I cannot Caitlin or Kelly or Kaylin. Um, I have oh a hard God, time yep. keeping her name in my head, but it, she... I think it's yeah. I think it's Catlin. Okay, or Catherine. Something something with a K. Uh, I went to Max event where they had like a little holiday, like oh, throw some stuff in a cup, um, uh, you know, do little holiday stuff that she came up with and planned, and like a hot chocolate bar, and it was wonderful. Aww. I wanted to say thank you to her once again. I'm so sorry. I can't remember the rest of your name. No, they're great. They're good people. I agree. Real quick question, very important one I forgot to ask. Sable Haze, where can people buy your glass? Well, I have glass in several shops around locally. Um, Blazing Ace, Northern Lights, Riptide, Green Bear 420. Um, and then obviously you can always message me privately. I do do customs. You hear? You heard it here. Not first, folks. Uh, Sable Haze does do customs. Um, all right, that is all the time we have. Thanks for listening. Our theme music is The Irish Washerwoman, as arranged by Maylee Charles. You can find Potlucky on Apple Music, Google Music, and Spotify. We also have an Instagram page. Feel free to post pictures of your smoking materials and tag me in them at Potlucky Podcast. Like what we do and want to see us grow? Consider supporting us on Anchor.fm. You will hear from me next week. Sable, on the other hand, is going to be kicking ass in a hot-ass glass shop. Uh, So we're going to say goodbye together. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.